0: Hey, how's it going everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. Today I have a good friend, Rick Henriquez. What's going on, man?
1: Hey man, not much. How's it going, Daniel?
0: I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, Rick, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, worked together, you and I, both at a clothing boutique store. And uh, we've been friends ever since. And we've been connecting. Uh, We both have a passion for entertainment. Uh, I, myself, you know, pursuing the passion of uh, filmmaker and you and public relations. So it's been really cool, I have to say, uh, to see how we've grown. But you specifically going from, again, that clothing boutique store to seeing you work for like Bell Media and, you know, just a, a impressive resume, really, I have to say, because I was going through your LinkedIn profile and uh, there's been a lot of responsibilities and a lot of, uh, you know, accomplishments along the way.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, yeah, it's been so long since our, you know, humble beginnings working in, you know, <laughs> boutique retailer, uh, which is very fun, may I add. Um, but now, you know, it's we've both pursued different paths in entertainment and it's so nice to connect again. Um, and yeah, you know, there's a lot to, for us to get into. I think, you know, especially me coming with the PR aspect of things and you more on, on the film side, um, okay. as well as all the experience that you've been, you know, getting from your chats on this podcast. Right. Um, I'm so excited to catch up. And yeah, definitely a lot of work. Um, so I, for background, you know, I was in PR, I interned at Bell Media, got hired there um, after my internship, and I've been there for uh, on and off for about four years uh, in total, almost five years, actually, and uh, yeah, so it's very fast-paced, very fun, and of course, you know, Bell Media owns, you know, the, the biggest Canadian television network, so yeah. throughout there, I worked on a variety of different uh, television channels and live events, and, mm-hmm. you know, corporate initiatives, but some of them, I'd say, like, you know, my main portfolio was the CTV channel group. So CTV, CTV comedy, CTV drama, CTV sci-fi, as well as, you know, everything that goes along with that, including the CTV app and ctv.ca, and then also Discovery network. So that would be animal planet discovery, um, and all the other random different, like discovery science, investigation discovery, much and uh, yeah, it's it's a lot, but uh, it would. Was- no, yeah, there's there's
0: there's quite a lot. The, the yeah, I was like I said, I was going through like your your experience, you know, just to get uh, up to date, up to speed with uh, what you've been up to and and all that you've experienced, your experiences and skills. And I came across you know all the brands you've dealt with, and I was really surprised because you think Bell Media, right? And you obviously know they own like okay, CTV, maybe they uh, crave, and you start to look and you're like, oh, there's Gusto, there's Discovery, there's E. Um, just a lot of, uh, industry leading brands, um, very popular that I come across. I watch content on my, my mother, my father. Um, so it's, it's amazing that you, you were part of it, uh, you know, being, being involved in, 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 those, uh, experiences with, um, you know, having said that, cause we worked at a clothing boutique store, what made, and I noticed you also worked at forever 21, right? I remember us crossing paths, uh, in the Vaughn mills, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or the good old Vaughn mills, um, and, I want to know, like, what made you transition from fashion to entertainment? Was this always your intention or was, did this just happen by chance?
1: Yeah, no, it's actually, no, total fluke. Um, it's so funny because I, I never want, even wanted to get into fashion, really. It's just, I went to school, I had left, I was working at as a manager at McDonald's for a couple of years right. and then I had, uh, it was just, you know, high school job, you do it for a couple of years, it works. And then afterwards, I, I, no, all honesty, I was just... Tired of smelling like greasy food. And I, oh, <laughs>
0: I think you remember yeah. telling me that.
1: Yeah, uh, and I was like, you know what? Like, let me just go get a job at the mall. And at the same time, yeah. I, was to, I was going to post-secondary. And at this time, I was uh, it's so funny because I wanted to get into psychology and criminology, and I wanted to mm. become a analysis. Right. And then four minutes into my program, I, sorry, four minutes, four months into my yeah. program, I said basically four minutes, uh, I realized, you know, there's not that many jobs available for what I want to do and so I I took a year off and I decided you know what do I really enjoy and what I enjoy is music and so I thought hmm, what jobs can I get in music like I'm not a producer I'm not you know I, I'm creative in my own sense but not yeah. as a art but I thought you know I could promote it and so right. you know I people I have all the relevant skills and so I, I got into PR and uh you know of course I started working at the mall and working in fashion just to pay my college tuition really. And yeah, so I, through going to school and dropping out and then, you know, finding my passion and trying right. to find that passion. That's what led me into PR and then into Bell Media because the portfolio I first started on was uh, focused on the MMVAs back when those were a thing. And so that's yeah. why um, that and you know I stuck around because I, I really enjoyed music and entertainment and, and everything in that realm.
0: Yeah. And you know, like I said, when we first kind of connected, I remember that's one of the first things we've found in common. It's like, we both enjoyed entertainment and we both were up to speed with, you know, pop culture and even, you know, just expressing like my passion for filmmaking. um, You'd be surprised, but a lot of people either get turned off or don't know what to say to that. Um, But you were immediately uh, open about it. You were like, yeah, that's great. Go for it. Um, You know, there's a lot of great contacts if you ever need help. Um, So you've always been uh, really, really cool that way to me. And uh, I've always appreciated that, and it goes to show, like you know, like I said, your your uh, passion towards uh, entertainment. For those that don't know, what is public relations uh, exactly? What do you do?
1: So, surprise! So this is one thing where you know, similar to where you say you have a passion for film, and people are, are, are kind of turned off or don't know what to say. Yeah, like I get the same response all the time with public relations because really, a lot of people don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> different forms of PR so um, you know there's I'd say the most common um, would be like corporate communications so what I did at Bell was mainly publicity focused public relations is essentially you know trying to not necessarily like shift a narrative but just connecting an audience and, and a brand and right. building trust and fostering a relationship um, but then you know that kind of spins off into other aspects where there's corporate communications where you're managing you know how your corporate is portrayed to the public and then there's crisis communications where you're you know, trying to keep yourself out of the news and, and avoid any crises and then there's publicity and media relations which are very intertwined which is uh, essentially the main part of what I did at Bell Media which is you know getting your product which in my case was television shows right. and television or my events into the news um, and just trying to find, you know, unique opportunities there. So
0: yeah, there's a lot of different
1: forms of PR, but essentially it's, you know, building trust and a connection uh, with the audience.
0: Yeah. And essentially you're telling stories, I should add, right. That, that's yeah. the impression I got, like all the, all the accomplishments that you had on uh, your LinkedIn page uh, gave me the, the overall, like came to one word and that was storytelling. And, yeah. you know, as a filmmaker, that's what I'm drawn to always. And, I also studied marketing. I don't know if I told you that when we were working together, I was uh, marketing at Ryerson University and it has a storytelling element as well. And they work, you know, you worked obviously with the marketing department uh, in public relations. Yeah. Right. So you guys work closely. Like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know who got who got on who uh, each other's nerves, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's been, Rick has a bunch of stories about that. Who is more? Yeah, with the department because I get story, like different perspectives all the time. So people will tell us that marketing is a pain in the ass, and everyone will tell them that public relations is. Uh, what, what's do you have a, a like a preference who you work with or um, what do you take on it?
1: I think you know marketing and PR are very closely intertwined, and the disconnect happens when they're not in constant communication. Like if there's overlap, right. there's you know perhaps like. Um, A lot of times, for example, in my experience, like I've worked on the marketing side as well. So I understand it. marketing is very, you know, um, you're planning things out very far ahead. PR is not to say reactionary, but a lot of times like you're sort of bound to every other department. So you're working with everything that everybody else is giving you and you're trying to make it work. Whereas marketing is the one who's kind of in control and has, um, you know, maybe perhaps not to say a year planned out, but they'll have like a more general idea of what's coming and what's going, and we're the ones right. who need to, what's coming, what's going, so we can you know just get the news out essentially. Yeah. So in my experience, you know, it's great to work with marketing. I think it's the best thing, but yeah. the problem is that there needs to be uh, a certain level of communication, which often isn't there. And right. so for us to do our drive, our sorry, our job when we don't know that there's you know a certain product being released or there's a certain campaign and essentially I think PR and marketing work best when they're aligned together. And the issue is that a lot of, uh, oftentimes they're not, and marketing doesn't understand PR or PR might not necessarily understand marketing or understand what's coming and, and what's, you know, what the priorities are and that's what the real issue is. But I think, you know, if they're looped together, it's a dream team
0: yeah, no, for sure. Uh, the magic that's where the magic happens if they work together. But my impression with marketing is like you said it, uh, and from my experiences, you create you kind of uh, help establish the brand, um, you you communicate it with with the client with the customers, uh, to the public. But with public relations, it's a consistent conversation. Like for me, I would you know create these campaigns, uh, you know, set it all up, but then I felt like it was a- abandoned in a way because we moved on to the next campaign. Is public am I am I correct on this is public relations more of you're you're keeping that that conversation going uh, with what's established
1: yeah I think you know in most cases yes there are you know the instances where you know to your point it's all about storytelling that is right. you know, what the way we do what we do is through storytelling creating stories and and, and building upon them and a lot of times I think that um, it's mainly keeping that constant conversation and keeping that brand familiarity and you know just right. trying Always be where people are and try to always you know just be top of mind for consumers but I think that there are a lot of campaigns too where we just kind of like do it once and and that's it and, and those cases are normally like maybe perhaps like a product launch or like in, in television you know a premiere of a show you might do you might promote like the premiere uh mid-season finale and then finale and you know any other like casting news but then in between it kind of dies down um, and but again when you're working on like you know, over 50 different shows that varies and there's never really downtime, um, in overall, but definitely, like, you know, with different series and, and different genres and different things like that. For
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it's you know, exploring different worlds, different uh, avenues, and yeah, uh, just finding that uh, balance for sure. And before I go into more about like Bell Media, because I want to know more about what you did exactly, and you know, mm-hmm. obviously, the outcome, which we'll discuss more uh, do you see yourself going back into fashion and using your expertise in public relations, like for a clothing brand?
1: So I'm, I'm kind of in that realm right now. So the agency okay. I work for, uh, a lot of my clients are like e-commerce or fashion focused. Um, and so essentially I'm working on like e-commerce fashion entertainment. Um, and it's, and a bit of tech in there too. Um, and it's fun, it's great, but it's, and not really for me. I, I don't think I would do it. Um, I I'd stick more onto the entertainment and music, television side. I just right. I'm more passionate about it. Some people are related really to fashion, but for me, honestly, I uh, not to say I couldn't care less, but I <laughs> it, it, it's kind of the same thing all the time: trends and round. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I like to
1: really build a story, and sometimes it can be hard to build a story, necessarily, like around fashion. Yeah, I, like to, I, I feel like. It, television and music have very passionate audiences and so does fashion but I align with the television and music audience and so I like to be where they are too
0: yeah more focused on that and that, that makes sense and and I can understand uh you, you really have to have a, a passion for it like with anything and, and a stomach for it because it's constantly changing and it can get frustrating what was in style yesterday is in style today and vice versa right and yeah. the story's always changing and for yourself it's more like but are we progressing? Because that's why I, I like the idea you said about music. Music will always be relevant. Not that fashion won't, but music is, uh, strikes different emotions, right? There's not, nothing as like, you know, old music. There's no such thing. Like there's old music, but it's still classical to someone else. Uh, like Old Town Road, right? Like they brought back country and they fused it with rap, right? Rap is like at the height of its game right now. And at one time it was non-existent or wasn't even as um, uh, powerful or impactful amongst especially the white community back in uh, the 1970s. So it's just, it's a different form of storytelling. And like you said, right, it, it's uh, about, you know, tapping into that audience and figuring out uh, where you see yourself aligned with. And, and I really do respect that, Rick, because that's something that I see myself as well. Like with film and marketing, I kind of told myself, you know, do I want to be the person at the desk analyzing films and seeing how they're going to perform in market, or do I want to be the person to actually create them? And you said a very good point. And you said a very good point about seeing what you align yourself with. Like you enjoy fashion. I know you have taste because we work together and I've seen how involved you were. But at the same time, it's, yeah, at the same time, it's, you know, you, you, you were real with yourself and you said like, what, what will I excel at? You know, what, what really is going to drive me, you know, fashion, as long as I look good dress every day, whatever, but it's not going to push me as much as music or television. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, that's what leads me into my next point about Bell Media is, you know, you've as someone who's like, you know, studied branding and social media communications. I appreciate what you do. And I noticed, um, you worked for leading brands, right? Like we talked about discovery, MTV, iHeartRadio. radio, what kind of projects or events did you, uh, execute for these brands or um, anything specific? Yeah. So
1: many and so many fun ones. I think that's yeah. that industry leading brands are working on so many fun, different projects right? and you know, from you know red carpets for premieres to red carpets for award shows, I've worked on various award shows, We Day Junos, uh, the Much Music Video Awards, uh, also like live events and concerts. I've worked That's on the musical. I've worked on iHeartRadio Jingle Ball and various iHeartRadio events. So uh, you know there's the the music and, and concert side of it, which is so fun and such an adrenaline rush. And right. you know in those days you're really just working from you know even the week sitting up to it crazy event planning, you know, coordinating press and interviews and building stories and, you know, trying to explain why this event this year is different or, you know, just trying to get the news out there of the event, as well as, you know, managing everything on the day of, you know, wrangling press and bringing them here, bring them there, making sure Mm. these don't go over, you know, even sometimes you're just holding up a sign on a red carpet with like the name of the talent in the background. So when a photographer takes a photo, they know who that is. uh, Lookbooks books leading up to it. So there's that aspect of it where it's live events and music and then some other fun projects I've worked on are, I'm sure you're very familiar with Bellwood's Talk Day. Um, mm-hmm. so this is, you know, a corporate initiative that we get to work on where on the TV, on the comms TV side, what we do is we connect with the distributors and the agents of basically everybody on our, or whoever we want to target on our you know, roster of television shows and programming. Right. And so some of the fun things I did was, you know, being in touch with uh, different production companies and distributors, for example, like Fremantle and saying, hey, you know, um, the voice is great. Let's, here's an initiative we have coming. Um, Not sure if you're interested, hopefully you are, but you know, we'd love to get a one-liner just quickly filmed on social that we could then post on our social media platforms. Or if even better, you know, here's a, it's content that we would produce that we would draft with, you know, correct messaging and provide it to them, their team would film it and then post it on their social channels. Okay. So that's another um, fun aspect of the job. You know, I've, I have Nick Jonas saying words that I've written I'm like, I still look back at that. Oh, really?
0: Back. That I was going to ask you. Yeah. Any, any, uh, interactions with these celebrities and crossing paths with your work?
1: Yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. And then there's the TV side of it and the glitz and glam. So on top of the music, you know, you're working on TV shows and promoting them. And what that entails is, you know, a lot of times you're just sort of providing screeners to media, you know, before something releases, they can kind of review it and, and give a preview to, you know, to their audience. Right, But a lot of times what you're doing is coordinating these interviews and executing yourself. So you're working directly with celebrities and you're, it's very glitz and glam. Um, but you know, there's also a lot of, uh, coffee runs and, you know, early breakfast orders. So you're like, oh, wow. it's, it's very full. It's you're getting your hands dirty uh, and then having to clean them up and be with talent too. So you're doing everything from planning their flights and their travel, oh, and wow. making sure they have their per diems in their hotel rooms that they can, you know, order food if they want and um, ensuring that the, everything they need in their room is done. Sometimes you're even going above and beyond and, and, you know, getting them tickets to a Raptors game. If they're a Raptors fan and they're coming in.
0: Oh, wow. Well, um, like
1: you know,
0: providing that hospitality, you really have to go above and beyond and yeah, yeah. you're essentially Especially, like a runner. You would be called a runner on set. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do
1: everything. Like you're running, you're, you know, you're t- even just like planning, it's like almost being like a director, producer, a runner, yeah, assistant, like you are literally doing everything. Like you're, be- you're behind the scenes, like talking to a producer or you're like cutting the phone off during the interview and be like, oh, we can't talk about that. Um, you know, there's so much that goes into it. A lot of s- celebrities that you meet, um, gosh, I have met countless ce- celebrities, you know, whether you're walking them on the red carpet or wrangling them to interviews or just- That's even- insane. Wow. The new world where you're just setting up virtual interviews um, Yes, you know, some fun ones, but like, there's so many like Fergie Post Malone, uh, Alessia Lara, um, Tyler Oakley, Prince Harry, um, Joe Jonas, Iggy Azalea, like literally anybody you can think of. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And again, the music, the music scene, right? Like you have some of the biggest stars, uh, you, you've interacted yeah. with. That's amazing. And yeah. Any, anyone you've met that like kind of th- threw you off or like it, it, their personality was expected?
1: Uh, but you know what? I think I've never met a bad celebrity ever. Like oh, okay. Wow. That's great. Great. I find the issue is more with like agents. They're the ones who mm, are... the... <laughs> to. You know, the talent doesn't want to come off as the bad guy. So they get their... Of course. Yeah, of course. Well, that probably plays into it. But, you know, yeah. everybody, I'm so great. I'm trying to think if there's anybody who really, Actually, there was one person who's really stood out to me over the years. And um, if her name is Sinead Grimes, now she's Sinead Grimes Beach. Um, and she is, was on,
0: sorry? Oh, no, I was just gonna say, is that the one that's that had a kid with uh, Elon Musk or no?
1: No, so that's Grimes. Oh, so that's, that oh Grimes that's
0: Grimes, Grimes. <laughs> <Never> mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Sinead Grimes is on like Degrassi 90210. Okay. Like if you see her, you'll definitely recognize her.
0: Okay, is. yes, for sure, yeah. Uh,
1: We had an event at Upfronts where we I was essentially wrangling her for the day because on Upfronts, for anybody who doesn't know, is essentially when you know a network will show their what their content with their fall schedule and their summer schedule. Like a sneak peek. Yeah, Yeah, it's like here, here's everything we're gonna have. And this is for you know people in the ad world to say, okay, we want to place our products here, here, here on these ads. Let's run commercials. On this show and this show because it relates to our target audience, and mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be a lot of watching it, etc. And so, our job on that day, um, and leading up to it is planning and execution of the event and doing everything that's talent related, so getting that, right, um, also prepping the graphics and ensuring everything is branded appropriately, and then, um, on the day of, we're wrangling these people, so we take them um sometimes they're speaking on stage or sometimes they're just there for the red carpet uh, to do an interview and things like that so Sinead Grimes I was wrangling her for the day and she was just the sweetest angel um nice. like, person and then I had worked with her a couple I think almost a year later at the MMVAS, okay. and she remembered me and I was shocked she even remembered me and she was like waving me down like hey and I thought I was a, like for sure she's waving to, like some celebrity behind me and uh, I, then I looked behind me and I realized there's nobody there. And I was like, oh my God, she's talking to me. <laughs> up to me. like, remembered me by name. Her husband was there, and her husband was such a sweetheart, too. Right. And right. She, was, she was, I definitely would say, like, my favorite celebrity. Yeah. Not a celebrity, but definitely the, the most uh, impactful experience I've had.
0: Yeah. And that's just, that's a testament to your personality too. Cause like I said, I, I, when I worked with you, I always remember you as like a bubbly, like happy go lucky kind of person, just very inclusive. Yeah. And it's, it I'm saying is that that's why I see you in public relations or doing these kinds of events and wrangling these celebrities is, you know, you don't have an ego yourself that you, you you try to just do the job and that's it. Right. It's not, you're you're not trying to get involved with any personalities. Obviously nothing's going to be smooth, like smooth sailing, but, uh, You you do the best you can, and that's why that's you know Sinead Grimes was remembered you, and you made an impact on her. Um, You know, another celebrity that I was thinking of, uh, I don't know if you had time to communicate with him, but Post Malone is. He comes across as a nice guy. Is he? Was he? Uh,
1: Not too much. Uh, It was more just like bringing him on to rehearsals and you know, Mm, okay, on the red carpet. But uh, honestly, not too much communication there. Just kind of like, hey. I'm Rick. I'm going to be doing this for you today. And he's like, all, all right, right, cool. Nice guy, but nothing like crazy. I didn't have an experience to the level of like Sinead Grimes, but Post Malone is a very interesting character.
0: <laughs> and,
1: um, if you ever see him, don't get too close.
0: <laughs> no, I, 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 I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. I've seen him on talk shows. Uh, he's just, uh, I think he's like that one of those true, true artists, like all, all everything's in his Yeah. He's just caught up in his own mind.
1: Very talented, but definitely just like doing his thing. Um, you know, definitely exudes the the character he is and the kind of like rough vibe um yeah personality but just definitely like
0: you can tell he just like came off a tour bus and just wow and he's just like showing up yeah it's always interesting to hear like i remember you know quentin tarantino you know a big hero of mine and uh yeah i remember working as as publicity and promotions for warner warner brothers and one of my managers told me that she actually came uh, came in contact with him or saw him at an event and she's like, yeah, the, the way he, w- I saw him that day, like how he was, you don't want to run into him. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, nah, he just, he looked like he was, uh, you know, uh, in pain and, you know, tired and like, you know, just out of it, he passed out at one point. I'm like, "What?" and it's just like, yeah, no, it's just, that's, that's what they mean. I guess never meet your heroes, but in a way it's, it's, it's interesting because these celebrities, um like you say you'll have one like a shanae grimes where it's, it'll completely be like wow like unexpectedly be a, a great experience and then post malone it's like yeah you're exactly how i envisioned you you know doing the job you know being being uh just just caught up in in his in his head like a, as any artist right
1: yeah and you know to your point about like having ego and stuff i think that you know when you're working with celebrities that's something that we had you know a lot of issues with because personally i don't care if you're like a celebrity or not, like a person's a person. I'm just gonna, I'm here to do my job, like you said. You know,
0: That's good, I, yeah.
1: I'm gonna ask you for a photo. If you do that, you'll probably get fired. But um, right, of course. <laughs> know, at the time, like a lot of times we have like interns, for example, who are assisting and they might get, you know, a bit excited and starstruck. And I think it's important to not be starstruck. Like I, I never really was. I'm mean, sure I would be like, oh my gosh, like I'm working with this person for right. the day. I probably thought like, I know you don't really like bother them. You just do your job and go on with it um but yeah it, it, it's also important to remember that they're just people at the end of the day and you yeah. know they have prices. it's lonely and they're traveling all the time they're always tired like you're you know you're flying them in straight from so we would get them maybe for like a day fly them in from la and new york and they're coming off you know a, this is like their canadian part of the press tour right they're from canada and they're just like exhausted just came off of a flight maybe literally slept for it. A couple hours usually they're coming straight from the airport doing all these interviews and having to be on and then afterwards going you know back to their hotel room and doing it all over again and you know they have this cycle where they're doing this for weeks months you know whatever it may be so you know they're just people and uh it's great to meet them and it's great to work with them but it's important to remember that you know they are just people
0: yeah no that's a very good point and and sometimes uh to be honest especially in the world we live in right they're, they're put at such a uh, uh, on a pedestal, uh, especially with social media that people forget. Um, like you said that they're, they're just like you and I, and they got their own problems and, uh, put, put them, put yourself in their perspective. Like they must be exhausted. And you made a very good point. They have to show up and like, remember what they're talking about. They have to sell, sell you on what they've been working on so hard for. Um, and yeah, that's why everything I think is a company when they arrive, because you're trying to make, not <laughs> make them not lose their mind in the process. Um, right. It, it's, uh, it's, a it's a, it's a crazy, uh, industry for sure. But, uh, yeah, if you have a passion for, for entertainment, uh, you love it. Right. And, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't miss any, any day. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's so, true. That's so true. I would
1: never like, never, it's always fun. It's exciting. It's always something different. Um, and you know, you definitely have to be passionate about it, but I also say not like overly passionate to the part where you're like, you, you're only in it to work with celebrities. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a hindrance. And even if you are just tone it down don't let anybody else know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's smart. That's smart. Yeah. Cause it could definitely, as we, as we learned in the corporate world, it could get back at you. Uh, there's politics. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I wanted to know uh, also, like when you were given the responsibility of representing these brands to the public, what was most important to you? Uh, not even the brands, I should say also the celebrities, like when you were, when you were doing your job, what, what, what was what did you hold dear to yourself yeah
1: i think you know it, it's obviously being entrusted with that brand it's a lot of responsibility and it feels great also to know that you have that responsibility but i think um you know what was most important to me during my time i think that you know especially our generation is coming into the world of entertainment and in the world in general where it's there's um, a big shift going on, and so for example, I was working in TV, and the big shift is that you know a lot of the people who are covering media and and television and film are older white men who have been in their job for a long time, or yeah. you know, just old in general who don't understand the way you know youth works, and also you know you're working internally with people who might have a different mindset than yeah. them a generation where. They don't understand influencers or they don't understand why you should not go to the same three people or, you know, sometimes you're working on content where, you know, it's a, it's a great program. It's a great show, but you're not necessarily working with someone who will understand that. So maybe you're working with a writer who, you know, is not going to like this diverse show or this show that features, you know, X, Y, Z, but there's not really another option because it's a smaller market and smaller industry than so I would always try to make a conscious effort to really try to find um, non-traditional media people. So, you know, whether that's someone who comes, so for example, you know, if it's a show about gay people, pitch it to somebody who's actually gay. So, because you know, they're going to love the content. Pitch it mm. to the people who it's made for, because you know, if I'm pitching that to a straight older white male who's <laughs> gonna be like, oh, I don't want to watch this, you know? Yeah this is my thing. So they're gonna give it a bad review and you're, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. And I think right? what I tried to do throughout my time there was always try to not only find new people to talk about these things and, and these programs, but also find relevant people too. That you know, yeah. someone who's passionate and you, you know, by when you're working for a big brand, you also have that responsibility to, you know, put something like that in their portfolio in their resume. It's like, hey, do you want to interview with, you know, this person? Yeah, oh my gosh, I would love to, and then you you can kind of help uplift their career as well, you know.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, and and that's a very valid point about keeping it relevant. Uh, a lot of people fail to do that, and we see it all the times, uh, all the time, like whether it is a brand failing or um, just working in offices. Uh, a big thing for me, like when I used to work uh, in, in the entertainment field, um, you know, the the people higher up than me, like you know, obviously they had their own opinions and they had their. Uh, expertise uh, per se, like their tenure, but at the same time, there were just, they just felt so out of touch. And, you know, you, you almost want to like jump in there and say, I don't think millennials uh, will like that. And I remember actually it comes to mind when Snapchat came into a, a boardroom meeting and they were pitching a whole bunch of ideas. And they were people like, you know, directors and VPs, but they're, you know, our parents age, right? Fifties, sixties. Um, and they were just, were not enthused. Like the people that came in, cause they were in their thirties, the people that were representing Snapchat. And I remember I just spoke up and I just said, uh, you know, pitched an idea. I can't remember for the life of me, what it was, but I remember they were drawn to it. And one guy actually wrote it down and said, you know what, we're going to think about that. I actually like that because I was thinking with the consumer in mind, right? Snapchat is millennial centric. They're, they're targeting 18 to 34. And, you know, they, they want to hear, like you said, from people that will view that content. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's so advantageous. And if you put aside the politics, um, it'll benefit uh, your, the brand and the organization as a whole.
1: I think, you know, it's really important to at, at the end of the day, think about, you know, what is the goal? What is the mission? Is what you're going to do, is what you're doing or what you're going to do taking you there? And if not reevaluate. you know, and you see yeah. this example, with TikTok where it's the same situation where, where Snapchat was not too long ago. And you have brands who are scared to get onto TikTok or, you know, they, don't see the value, for example, but like you look at a platform that's growing so quickly like that. And why would not you want to share your audience there? And, you know, if you're promoting something that's towards a, a younger demographic, why wouldn't you go there, right? It's kind of yeah. silly. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, especially one other thing too to mention is that a lot of times throughout my work experience, I've actually, you know, been assigned to certain projects because I come from, you know, a certain background or I have. Right certain age and they think that a lot of millennials like i've been in so many meetings or um you know brainstorming sessions where it's like okay well what do you think because you're a millennial but you understand
0: <laughs> right right
1: that's so good long. um but i think people have to definitely be open to it and even if they're not it can't hurt to flag because they don't know anything outside of their own experience mm-hmm. and so it's important for us as millennials to sort of you know flag those items and you know it, it makes you look good too in the end because if you know what you're talking about you're, you're going to go far and you're going to be successful.
0: Yeah. And I feel you made a good point too. And this is something I, I try to argue. It, it's just become now, now the reality uh, regarding you know baby boomers that they're that generation. And even before them, that they stuck, stayed in a job. They had the luxury to, and the security, I should say for like mm-hmm. 40, 50 years. And you have millennials like us, right. That they have that they're, they're versatile. They're able to, you know, bounce around jobs and they're able to have all these different experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you were saying about how, you know, you, you have these older white men, typically that have been in this job for a very long time, and they don't have another perspective on your, the industry that you're, you're, you're approaching, right? Uh, so that's a very valid point, And that's something that uh, should keep be kept in mind, right? When you're dealing with these brands.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, even, you know, not just the age aspect, but the diversity aspect of it too, you know, you're working with people who, like, there's no way someone's going to, someone who, you know, is not perhaps cultured is going to green light a show about something, you know, with a diverse cast or a diverse storyline, because they just don't understand it, which is why it's so important to have, you know, the, not only the cast reflect, you know, the real world, but also have teams like, you know, behind the cameras to reflect that as well
0: exactly yeah very good point point. and you know it's uh when when we were talking about media and you know about like you were working at bell media i do remember uh, unfortunately when i uh, came across you once uh, we passed by each other in the mall and uh i just you know caught up with you how you've been whatever and uh you basically yeah you shared some unfortunate news that uh you know they laid off a significant number of their employees right yeah and, and too, sorry too.
1: And that's very, sorry not to cut you off, but that's very common in the industry as well.
0: Yes, yes. I know. So uh, that's why I, want, I brought it up because the in, when I graduated and I started a job, I was at Entertainment One. Uh, it was a maternity leave contract um, mm-hmm. with, the, with the hopes, with the intentions that I would stay full time. But uh, I learned the hard way that that's just part of the, the industry um, because everyone thought that was going to be my job <laughs> for, for a very long time. Um, and it just didn't happen that way. But I wanted to know, like with Bell Media, what was the reason uh, for them to make this unexpected decision?
1: So I think, you know, COVID definitely played a big factor. There was, you know, Bell Media is, you know, a small division of Bell overall, realistically. Like Bell Media is a huge, but you also have Bell television mobility, you know, there's so many different facets of it. And I think, you know, when you have all these, from a business perspective, you have all these businesses that are taking a hit, you are know, offering, for example, free data uh, for people who are working from home, free data overages. whereas before, you, you know, would make money off that. I think that that can, uh, you know, make an impact on business and down to the point of like television. You look at, you know, television. I, I definitely don't think it's a dying industry. I think the issue is that people are not adapting to certain things. But right. you look at, for example, you know, streaming. If you're slow to enter the streaming world that is gonna cost you long-term. And I think that that is something that a lot of um, companies in the television industry dealt with and suffered. And, you know, we had our own struggles trying to enter into that world and, and get the news out there. So I think that it was just a mix of, you know, bad timing business um, and, you know, business shifting also. I think, you know, in addition to COVID and businesses taking a hit financially, you also have consumers who are shifting and, you know, now nobody, watches TV real time. It's very rare mm-hmm. yeah. people are, or, you know, watch catch up on the streaming platform. And so I think it was just a mixture of all these factors uh, and, you know, I, I'm glad to know it was a seniority based thing. Cause I was, unionized, but, um, right. you nice, but like you look at entire newsrooms that were shut down and there's so many great talented people. And, you know, to be honest, there's a lot of people who didn't expect it would affect them. Like even for myself, like, my position was just eliminated. I'm working on 15 different television channels and you're thinking like, okay, well you're not replacing this role. So who's gonna do yeah. it? It's kind of like, and especially like the role that you're in is like a coordinator slash acting publicist. You're doing a lot of work and, you know now you're burdening the rest of the team who are already swamped. So, you know, it's definitely unfortunate for so many people. I don't even know how many people in total were, were laid off but I would estimate perhaps like Close to like a thousand.
0: Oh wow! Um, I remember them reporting like two hundred, so there might have been even more oh,
1: numbers. That, oh my, that was oh day. wow!
0: Right? Oh okay. Sort
1: of like a, a string of events. So I think also, you know, New Year, and you're you're looking ahead, and you're saying, you know, my business is sort of impacted. How can I, you know, deflect that cost? And so you look at labor, of course. First of course. Thing, and you make the cuts, and you, you do what you can to make it work. And you know, it's unfortunate. Of course, it sucks for everybody involved. Obviously, the company doesn't want to work overwork other people and the people don't want to be overworked and people don't want to be laid off, but of course, it's very common in entertainment also to, you know, shift. And that's why it's very important to stay constant, I think. And um, it's very important to adapt. So I think, you know, whatever role you're in, you can take those experiences and take them elsewhere. Um, The tough ones when we're working in entertainment, specifically in Canada, there's not that, there's not a broad amount of opportunities, um, you know, at times there are but people stay in their job for a long time and people um it, it's everybody wants to be entertained right so not right. A, lot of, a lot of it is contract work maybe you're filling a maternity leave or you know perhaps it's a based on you know a certain show or program or initiative or whatever it is so a lot of it's contract work so um you know you just have to stay constant and not really let it get to you um that's
0: good and, you
1: know it, it's important to Look at the industry overall. I think television's not dying; it's just shifting. And you look at the yeah. shooting up. So, and it also too, you know, you have shows that are out of production, and that takes a hit on business too because you don't have the that new show to launch in September now because of all these COVID delays. So, I think it was just um, a mixture of things. But it's important to just keep your head up and understand that it's nothing personal.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And that's such a positive attitude that you had. Um... And and I want to know like was that your initial reaction when it happened? Were you kind of like prepared, or you just kind of adapted? I was
1: definitely. Oh. For weeks prior to, you see a lot of like you know, you don't expect someone of my pay grade to be laid off. You're like okay, you know they're gonna go for like the big wigs and get the people who make a lot of money, which right. was these. And then after at a certain point, it's which was like that round where there was about two hundred people where you sell those articles for that was when it started hitting the lower levels. And so, um, I mean, I definitely was surprised, but because our team itself was so busy, I myself was so busy. I was in the middle of a couple of big projects. Um, but I, I, I feel like I'm always a pretty positive person. So that's good. Just took it on the bright side. I was like, you know, this, this is a great time to start a new chapter and see what else is out there. Um, and so I, de- I definitely did that, but I think, you know, um, it's definitely important to to stay positive. And at first, of course, you know you're dealing with the shock, and you're like, "Wait, I don't, I don't work there anymore. I don't do this anymore." And you get people contacting you because it was also so quick. Like it was like I got a call. I was like, "Oh, today's your last day. Um, I'm gonna like, oh, go." Okay, great. Well, you know. It, oh, you they, didn't you a they didn't even give you like a two week.
0: They didn't give you like a notice or anything.
1: Yeah, no, no. But well, you know, there it's a unionized position, so that they, right. they, yeah, But it was. Right just like, you know, as per, that was kind of the business policy, you know, this is also because it's from a business perspective and they got to cut those costs. Of course.
0: Yeah. Right away. Yeah. (laughs) No, that makes sense. And uh, you know, one thing to take away uh, is your, is your energy, right? Like that's, that's something that's very admirable because a lot of people would get down and out and, you know, play the victim, right? Like why me, why this happened, but you were prepared and you knew what you were getting yourself into as much as the entertainment business is fun. Uh, it could be very cutthroat that way and and it's there's no sense of security really uh and yeah. that's in that particular field uh right so we can relate on that uh for sure and uh yeah that's great i'm, I'm really happy that you're you're you have a positive healthy attitude towards it and
1: yeah, I, sorry, sorry uh, go ahead. no
0: no no sorry <laughs> go ahead,
1: I mean, go ahead. This, I imagine everything, but, you know especially with this like nobody wants to be in that situation like even the people i was dealing with in that situation like I'm sorry I have to tell you this and like I didn't take it personally at all like I <laughs> yeah it sucks because I love what I did and I love what I do and, and who I did it with of course um, you know at the end of the day you look at it like okay I'm young uh you know millennials are so I think in comparison to uh, you know boomers for example they're very quick and t- t- bounce back and also you know not really identify themselves with a career, I think, because of where we have more of a mindset where like we are able to, you know, shift industries or shift jobs. You see people who are switching jobs like every one to two years. Whereas you yeah. look at generation, it's more so you stay there for life. You know, you're you're there for 15 to, to 40 years and you know it's your your first job and your last job. And you think that we don't really have that mentality, which which helped. Um but yeah, it's definitely important to stay positive and, and stay on your feet, and you know never take it personally because I mean unless you're being fired for like a personal reason, I think mean,
0: you know, yeah, of course, it's a business decision. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know you said it there about like that generational difference. Um, you know, just seeing and and I feel like the millennials are are uh, are in the crossfires, like they're in the in between. You know, like the Gen Zs, like they might have a different approach or maybe a mentality because it'll be easier. We'll have the millennials backing them backing them up. But I don't know, from my experience as a, as a millennial, you know, you, you have that conflict, whether it's your parents or your peers, your elders, whatever have you, that like you said, they're always questioning like, for example, what is public relations? <laughs> for mm-hmm. me, I understood what it was. I knew it was, you know, a, a reputable uh, career path and it's something that people study. But if you tell that to my grandfather, let's say, or, you know, like I said, my dad, they'd be like, what do you do exactly? Right? I mean, I
1: thought it was my family's like, I don't really know what you do, but I'm like, I just sound like, I get people in the news. It's the simplest way to it takes. <laughs>
0: I bring home the chatter now. Yeah. Right. Um, No, that's good, man. That's good. And uh, one one thing that I took from this conversation is that you love what you do and uh, that that's, that's so important. And that's what I strive for myself. And that's why I think I'm pursuing this challenging path of being a filmmaker is it's not uh, predictable. It's not formulaic, but you know, there are moments when it brings me a lot of joy. And I think that's, that's what people can take from this conversation is just uh, being persistent on your path. Right. And, and, uh, not taking it personal when things don't turn, turn out your way and, uh, realizing the bigger picture, right? Like yourself is that you're young and, uh, you got a lot of experience under your belt and you're going to use that, apply that, uh, to your next, um, decision.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's, it's a positive future. There's a lot of things changing. Things are opening up again. And, you know, that includes the entertainment industry, which has really taken a hit. I mean, you look at people who are event planners, like what events are you
0: planning, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. I have a friend who was event
1: planner, like she was out of work for a long time. And then, you know, things started picking up again for her, but for a lot of people, it's a lot worse, you know? And I think that things are slowly getting better, which is great for, for myself and for everybody else. And you look at, you know, even within my industry, so- Know, PR and, and television you see Netflix now is opening up a office yeah I saw that yeah definitely keeping an eye there and yeah uh, for sure yeah new and exciting opportunities and you know with things like this people lose their jobs people get new jobs and it just it's an exciting way to, to learn and grow and challenge yourself to do something new too
0: yeah and the important thing too is uh not not to compare right in the digital age social media we we have it's human nature right we you know where are we in our lives? We look at our age and we say like, should I be promoted? Should I be having this job? Should I not be doing this? Should I get paid this? And it could get really convoluted. And it can kind of deter you. can distract you from what the end goal is, right? What you want out of your life. Uh, so, so I think that's really. Cool. Sorry, what I was
1: saying? Oh, I was just. It's such a great point. I think you know. Also, we struggle a lot too with like you know. I've been in this, for example. I've been in you know this position for X amount of years, and you look at other people who. You know you might have gone to school with or you might have started at a company at the same time with and you see people growing or people you know regressing and you, you it's natural to compare yourself but i think that it's very important to consciously not compare yourself and just yeah. you know, have, when the timing is right the timing is right and you know just follow your heart and you know if you have to make a jump make a jump but if not stick it out and um you know i think that as millennials we're very um, very keen to follow our hearts and that works out for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's all we can ask for really when we, when we go forward and, uh, pursue our careers. But, uh, I want to thank you again, Rick, for coming on the podcast and, uh, discussing your story, discussing your journey. Uh, I'm excited for what's to come next for you. Uh, you, you have a lot under your belt and, uh, yeah uh looking forward to uh, more conversations with you if you ever want to come back on the podcast uh, document the journey see what's up to date any celebrities you run in anyone you have to wrangle <laughs> uh, yeah
1: it's been such a pleasure to catch up with you again I know we'll be in touch and you know it's just so nice to chat with someone who is in the industry and, and gets it and uh, so excited to you know follow along with you too and just see where where this takes you I think it's a great initiative and you know it's a great way to find a lot of unique experiences and and different viewpoints. So I'm really proud of you.
0: Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Um, You know, uh, keep persistent, uh, keep constant, follow your heart as Rick says, and uh, everything I I feel will work out in your favor. So having said that, thanks again, Rick, and we'll talk soon.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Daniel. really appreciate it.